The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRISO Media. We are looking at Bible secrets to answered prayers. Tell someone God answers prayers. It does. It does. Every day, I experience one form of answered prayer or the other. See, the Bible says, O thou that hearest prayer, to you shall all flesh come. Psalm 65, verse 2. So the God we are talking about is a God that hears prayer. And the Bible tells us the kind of prayer he hears. It says that when we pray according to his will, he hears us. And his word is his will. When you're not praying according to God's word, he's not hearing you. That's 1 John 5, 14 to 15. See that? So a lot of people are praying and they are disappointed. They are depressed, even suicidal sometimes because they don't know the conditions for answered prayer. We said number one, prayer must be verbalized. Number two, prayer must be according to the word of God or his prophetic promise. Number three, prayer must be from the heart. Number four, prayer must be prayed in faith. Number five, prayer must be prayed how? Persistently. And this is one area that people faint so easily. Many people are not persistent. Hallelujah. Let's look at something here. First Kings 18, 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up the top, top of Carmel, and then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees, and said to his son, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Notice he was persistent. We give up too quickly. Well, come back here. Give me Matthew 7, verse 7, the amplified version, please. Matthew 7, 7. It says, keep on asking, and it will be given you. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking reverently, and the door will be opened to you. Keep on, keep on, persistence. Very, very important. You, you go again. Father, your word says, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks, my father. Yes, my father. You are there. Persistence. Many of you would have experienced changes if you were persistent. But many are not. Come back again. First Kings 18.43. And said to his son, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And seven times said, go again. Then he came to about the seventh time and said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. And he said, go up, said to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Think about it. And many things God told you would happen, they have not happened yet. Persist. You persist in prayer. There are things I'm persisting about to see. Why? Because God told me. And we live in a fallen world. Daniel, when he went on a 21-day fast, if you study closely, it doesn't look as though Daniel planned the 21-day fast. Because the first day he prayed, God answered. Many of you, the first day you prayed, God answered. But there are demons holding back the manifestation. The first day you prayed for a job, you got the job. 
The first that you prayed for a husband, you got the man. The first that you prayed for a child, you got the child. But what's happening? There's a hindrance. The angel delivering the goods are being hindered in the heavenly places. That's what the Bible calls hindering spirits. That's what you perceive. Paul said, I wanted to come unto you, 1 Thessalonians 2.18, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Don't stop the second time. Go again to tell, wear the devil out. The Bible says, haven't done all to stand, stand therefore. There's something I learned from Kennedy Higgins. He said, if you are willing to stand for a long time, you might not be standing for very long. The devil can hold on forever. Daniel chapter 10, are you there? Okay, let's begin from verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear. Daniel, for from the first that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And they have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And sometimes we don't keep on putting pressure on, on hell to leave our inheritance and fight for inheritance. And what happens? The angel goes back with what he came with. Tell someone, persist. That's what you need to do. Number six, prayer must be prayed with thanksgiving. If you are praying, you must pray with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a prayer what salt is to food. Your prayer is tasteless without thanksgiving. Your prayer is worthless without thanksgiving. So whenever you pray, thank God. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Look at what the Bible says here. It says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Say with thanksgiving. Say it Say with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. So, prayer without thanksgiving is incomplete. So whenever you, you pray for anything, thank God. Thank God. When you look in your Bible, in Ephesians 1.16, Paul says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Notice that? He was giving thanks for them and praying for them. Prayer without thanksgiving is what is incomplete. In Psalm 28, verse 2, David was praying to God. He says, hear the voice of my supplication when I cry to you. Watch this. When I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Now, one of the words, in fact, two of the words for praise and for thanks, toda and yada, is the lifting of the hand. So, whenever you are praying and you are lifting up your hands, you are giving God thanks without knowing Psalm 141 verse 2. You notice that it said, let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So prayer without thanks even is incomplete. So that's why Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 2, 18. says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting holy hands without wrath or doubt. 1 Timothy 2, 8. And we that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. Why? Prayer without thanksgiving is incomplete. So whenever you pray for anything in this season, what do you do? You thank God for the answer. See, when you pray a prayer without ending with thanksgiving, then it's not complete. When you look in John 6, verse 11, Jesus Christ, when he took the bread that was multiplied, he gave thanks. He gave thanks. And what happened? It multiplied. Before Lazarus' grave, in John 11, 41 to 44, he gave thanks. See? Look at this. He says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. You see that? Because prayer without thanksgiving is what? Is incomplete. And thanksgiving is an expression of your faith. That God has heard you. Thanksgiving is an expression of your faith 
that God has heard you. So whenever you pray, what do you do? Give thanks. Number seven, pray with faith in the unconditional love of God. Pray with faith in God's unconditional love. You should put it that way. Pray with faith in God's unconditional love or the unconditional love of God. Pray with faith in the unconditional love of God or God's unconditional love. And this is one thing a lot of people don't know, that God is for you. Tell someone, God is for you. Say it again, say, God is for you. Now, what it means is this, is that God is not against you. If you look at Romans 8, 31 and 32, we'll read it first of all in the King James before we read it in another one, Romans 8, 31. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. It says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, it lets us know that the death of Christ is the guarantee that God will give us anything. Because the best God has was his son. Let's say this is the most, most expensive thing I have. This marker, for instance. Let's say it was worth $200 billion. And I gave it to you. Is there anything I can give to you? Unless you know that the death of Jesus Christ is God's way of telling you that there's nothing you ask him he won't give you. Give it to me in the New Living Translation before I read the message. Look at this, verse 32. It says, since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up from us all, won't he also give us what? Everything else? So have faith that, hey, if Jesus died for me, there's nothing I ask God, he won't give me. If you're asking for a husband, he'll give you a husband. If you're asking for a child, he'll give you a child. Why? Because he gave his best for you. Message translation, please. It says, since he did not spare his own son, but gave him for all, won't he also give us everything else? The same thing. Won't he give you everything else? So there's nothing you need right now that God is not willing to give you. Oh, look at that. So if God didn't hesitate, watch this. If God didn't hesitate to put up everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he won't gladly and what? And freely do for us? So God lets you know that when I gave you my son, it was my amen to your prayers. Think about that. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22. If you're there, say amen. It says, give me, give me 22. There's something I'm looking for here. Go up, go up. I think it's 19 to 20. 19 to 20. Thank you. So for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was what? Was yes. Because the fact that God gave you Jesus means there's nothing he won't give you. That means you can get that scholarship to study abroad. Come on now. That means you can get your residency in Canada. Come on now. You can get your green card to America. The amen is big now. Everybody wants to leave Nigeria. Who will stay? Verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are what? And yes, and in him what? Amen to the glory of God through us. Now notice this, all the promises of God. So because God gave you Jesus, he's saying that there's nothing you ask me that I won't gladly and freely give to you. So don't think that when you're praying and praying and praying, you're trying to convince God to give you what he has promised. No. When you ask him for what he has promised, he gives you, but there are elements in the earth, demon spirits hindering you from receiving what you prayed for. You see that? James 1 verse 5. Look at this. That proves it to us again, the unconditional love of God. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all. Who gives to who? Who gives to who? 
talk to him now. Who gives to who? Liberally and without reproach. Liberally. You know when I say someone is liberal, they are generous to give. And if you'll be giving him, give it to me in the New Living Translation. They will come to the Amplifier. I like the way it is in the Amplifier. If you need wisdom, what did he say? Ask who? Our generous God. And he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So when you ask God for something he has promised, he will not rebuke you. You see that now? For instance, I ask God, um, Okay, I got to leave that now. So, I ask God, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is nothing you ask tonight that will not be granted. If only you would believe. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I asked God for something that he should do it between now and the latter part of the year. And um, he has already done it in March. By 1st of March, what I was expecting to happen between now and the latter part of the year has already happened by 1st of March. Tell someone, God is big. It says he's a generous God. He won't rebuke you for asking. This thing I'm asking is not too big for me. It might be big for you, but it's not big for God. Give it to me in the message, but my focus is the amplified message. Look at this. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. Watch this. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be considered, condescended to when you ask for it. No, no, God does not humiliate you for asking him. Say, so you're asking me for money. You're asking me for, for a million. You're asking me for this. See, you look at it for, for this thing you're believing for. You need it, your children's school fees. God can provide in such a way you don't need to ask him again for school fees. Give it to us in the Amplified. Look at the Amplified, please. It says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. He calls him the giving God. In other words, he's always giving. Who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly? Do you know something about rich men? They like to lavish their money on their children. That's something about rich men. They lavish on their children. When they want to buy a car for their children, they don't buy cheap cars. They buy a good car. I traveled to Lagos and I saw the car of one of the richest ministers of God in Nigeria. And his son is driving, I think it's a Range Rover Vogue. And I was like, boy, see what this guy is driving. Sagradeko Sofala Namash. That's the way God does his thing. He gives liberally and grudgingly without reproaching of fault finding and to give into you. Leave me, give me Matthew 7 verse 11. I remember this scripture of how the Lord spoke to me here. He said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, this was when God told me, he said, the best father on earth is evil compared to him. The best father on earth is evil compared to God. Then he spoke to me about Dangote. He made me know that I'm richer than Dangote, which we all know. And richer than Bill Gates, which we all know. He says that no matter how much they can lavish on their children, I can do much better. Are you aware that God wants to lavish his goodness on you? Have you seen when a rich boy enters a place to buy things? How much is that? Put it. Put it. When a poor boy enters, say, how much? Say, 4,000 naira. For one. What of this one? Three, five. Ah, ah. No one for one, five. The rich boy is buying the one of 10K, buying 10. 
our God is big. I believe that for every one of us here today, our broke days are over. Yeah. Say, God is my Father. Take note of that. He will freely give to you. He will freely give to you. Freely give to you. Good things. But it says you ask him, he'll give you good things. God doesn't give bad things. God doesn't give sickness. He doesn't give poverty. Say, so God said, I gave you poverty because you are wicked. No, the devil gave you poverty. Because this is God. This is how things happen. This is it. When evil comes to us, it's because God removed his hand. Or we removed ourselves from God's hand. When God said, I will kill the firstborn of the Egyptians, do you know what happens? God allowed the destroyer to come and kill. I can't remember, it's in your Bible. It wasn't God killing, it was the destroyer. So now, if you are getting bad things, it's not God giving you bad things, it's the devil giving you bad things because you position yourself to receive from hell and not from heaven. It only gives good things. How much more would your father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? James 1.17. It says, every good gift, notice what comes from God. Every good gift and what? And every perfect gift is from where? Is from above. God only gives good things and what? Imperfect things. My wife is perfect for me. This woman understands me in such a way that it was always scary when we first got married. When I'm eating, I eat very little food. But sometimes I get enthusiastic to feel that I can eat more than one plate. So I'll say, I will eat more. She'll look at me and say, will you eat? I'll say, ah, I know my stomach more than you know my stomach. She'll go and bring it, and I won't eat it. And I notice that whenever she asks me, Will you, are you sure you eat it? I'll say, don't worry. If you don't think so, I won't eat it. Because she understood me. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. If God gave you the person, the person will be perfect for you. Not for anyone else, but for you. God only gives good things. Why? He loves us. I love my children. I only give them what? Good things. For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. God gave his best to us because he loves us. Number eight. Prayer must be prayed without strife in our hearts. Prayer must be prayed without strife in our hearts. In Matthew 6, 14 to 15. Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. For, we also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter 18, 21 to 35, the Bible speaks of a man who was forgiven. His Lord forgave him. And he refused to forgive his servant. Then the Lord came and threw him into prison. Give me Matthew 18. Let's begin from verse 27. Look at this. It says, Then the master of Nassau was moved, compassion released, and forgave no debt. He forgave him. Next. Look at this. But Nassau went and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. Next. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. Next. And he would not, but went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. Next. So his fellow servant saw what was done, what had been done. They were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Next. Then his master, watch this, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Next. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Verse 34. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due unto him. Notice that he was in torment. Why? Because he refused to forgive. Bitterness 
is swallowing poison and expecting your, 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 your enemy to die. Drinking poison. 35. Look at this. And I'll share a story with you by Dr. David Youngichu. So my heavenly father will, so my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you watches from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Dr. Youngichu spoke about the woman that uh, she was living with her in-laws and they were maltreating her. The mother, the father, the brother, the, the brother-in-law, sister-in-laws, and she was bitter and she was sick. They had prayed and prayed and prayed. Nothing was happening. So he said, um, um, can you forgive your in-laws? And um, the woman said, okay, she will forgive them because Peter at first convinced her and she forgave. When she forgave, she was instantly healed of that sickness that could not go. Young Cho said, immediately he wanted to forgive us, the deacons, all his elders, because most of them used to give him trouble in his church. <laughs> Another story. I think it's Harold Bredesen. Harold Bredesen. He said there was this woman that was on a wheelchair. And he wanted to pray with the woman. And the Lord said, it's unforgiveness. Tell her to forgive. And he said, um, woman, do you have a problem with anybody? He said, no, she loves everybody. She loves everybody, yes. He probed again. Are you sure you love everybody? I love everybody. Are you sure everybody, you love everybody? Your brother said, no, I hate my brother. So she said, her brother cheated her from the inheritance. So he said, forgive him. And she forgave him. And the woman walked from her wheelchair. Could it be that it's unforgiveness that is holding you back? Somebody that offended you? The young man that raped you? The uncle that molested you? Your first relationship? The woman got up from the wheelchair because she forgave. Don't keep strife in your heart. It could be hindering your prayers. And many people have stripes in their heart, husbands and wives, quarreling, and they're believing God for children. It's a waste of time. You say, why? Because the Bible tells in 1 Peter 3, verse 7, that husbands who dwell with their wives according to knowledge. You see that? The New King James said, according to understanding. It says, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel has been here to give the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So if husband and wife are quarreling, their prayers are hindered. Are you quarreling with your husband or with your wife? The Bible tells us in James 3 verse 16, where envy and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. So give us in the old King James. Where envy and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Think about that. In 1 John 3, 22 to 23. 1 John 3, 22 to 23. It says, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are placed in his sign. Verse 23. It says, and this is his commandment that we should believe on, on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. In other words, it says that when I'm in strife, I will not get answers to my prayer. There are many people, their prayers are not answered. They, 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 they're wondering, oh God, how long will I pray before you hear me? The issue is that he's not hearing because the prayers are hindered by strife. The bitterness. The bitterness. So make sure there's no strife in your heart. When Dodio Steen was sick and they gave her a few months to leave, about six months that she would die. The first thing she did was she thought of people she could have been offended with and started sending a letter of apology, apologizing to everybody that she knew maybe she had something against or maybe she had offended. She's still alive to today. Because unforgiveness could be the hindrance to your blessing. Some of you hate your boss. You hate him and you know it. You hate him. If you forgive today, you can be walking into your miracle. James 4, quickly, let's run. Beginning from verse 1. 
It says, where do wars and fights come from? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Next. It says, you lost and do not have. You murder and convert and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Then it says, you ask and receive not because you ask and miss, that you may spend it on your pleasure. So you just, when, you, when, you, when you're so concerned about yourself, maybe the man is only concerned about himself, and, uh, and the man is trying to control the woman. You know, some men think that uh, submission means that you control the woman. No, Jesus is the Lord over that home. I remember we go to his wife. He was trying to control his wife. That she should not go to church. That um, he said something. Said I, I, he's the head of the home, and I love what the wife said. Said, "You are not my lord." He locked her outside. The next morning, she came in and cooked for him. She still loved him. He said his heart smote him. She loved him. See, when you have strife, you see that your dreams are delayed. Your dreams will just be delayed. Learn to forgive. Let go. Learn to forgive. And my wife, my wife, she didn't wish. Eh? Wish. As you're doing it, she didn't wish. You find out that your prayers are not being answered. Then the, the, the wife will say, that my husband is a devil. The prayer has not been answered. Number nine. Do not regard iniquity in your heart. That means you, you, are, you are exalting sin. You know, some people exalt sin in their heart. You'll be hindered. You'll be hindered. Psalm 66 verse 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. See, if I regard the Lord will not hear me. There's a woman that John Gillick wanted to pray for, and she was using some drugs, some she was on drugs. She was believing God to receive the Holy Spirit, but she was doing some kind of stuff. So he said, you can't continue doing any kind of life. Why don't you throw it away? The woman carried her drugs and all the things she was using to inject herself. She was carrying them away. She threw them away. The power of God came upon her, and she received the Holy Ghost. See, there are some sins that people exalt in their life. This generation, for the most part, is pornography and masturbation. It's exalted. Some is adultery. Exalted. Or fornication. Exalted. It will just hinder you. Got to be, you know, there's something I learned from the Lord. Look at James 5.16. It says, confess. James 5. Confess or trespass to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You see that? Yeah, in, in the previous verse, they also that if you, if you are coming to sin, the Lord will forgive him, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. But you keep on living in a particular way, what happens? There's consequence of that sin in your body. Do not regard a nigga, don't exalt a sin. Don't exalt a sin in your heart. How do you know you have exalted a sin? When you enjoy it. Sometimes even proud of it. So everybody, they sin their own. My weakness is just smoking and drinking. You are regarding that iniquity. You are lifting it up. It says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But look at verse 19. Psalm 66 verse 19. It says, but certainly God has heard me as attending to the voice of my prayer. Verse 20. It says, blessed be the God that has not turned away my prayer. No, it's merciful. Notice he did not turn away his prayer. It says, you ask and receive not because you ask and miss and may consume it on your lust. Now, this is a man that, watch this, is fornicating or committing adultery with one woman. Watch this, with one woman. His salary is 120 or 250. Okay, let's say it's 250. He just has one, one woman. Now, what will happen if God increases it to 500? He can cut her for two or cater for two. If God increases it to 1.5 million, he can have many. So what happens? Many people are stagnated because if God increases them, they'll consume it upon their lusts. You see that? 
That's very important. I noticed everybody saying amen. Now when I say you go to America, people said amen. No, this one, nobody said amen. All they can say is amen. Hallelujah. Look at this. Job 42 verse 8. Quickly, I need to run. He said, now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him. Watch this. Lest I deal with you according to your folly. Because you've not spoken of me what is right as my, my servant Job has. Notice, it says, for I have accepted him. Think about it. In 2 Corinthians 7, 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and what? And turn from their wicked ways. So then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And forgive their, self, or forgive their sin and heal their land. There's a pastor who used to sleep with the members of his church, the ladies, and then the, the bad thing was this. He used to sleep with them on his altar. That's how terrible the guy was. So he was talking to the, one of the ladies he was sleeping with. And the lady was telling him that when we invite girls to church, they don't come to church. We win, they, don't, they refuse to come. He said, she said this to, to me when she was telling us the story that he just laughed. I said, God is saving them. So why was God not adding those people to the church? Because he knew if you brought more women to the church, they'll be defiled on the altar. Could there be something that you're doing that is stopping you from receiving the blessing God has for you? You earn more than your husband and you insult him because you earn 500 in hands 150. You see why you can't go high to one million or three million? Because what will you do to him then? You tell him, come, let me slap you. Do not regard iniquity in your heart. Investing in that sin. You rented a house for another woman and you're a married man. You rented a house. Because you have how much? How much do you earn every month? 500 or 400. What will, what will happen when you're earning, when you're making big money? So I've been believing God for political appointment. They are not coming. Because God knows that if you get it, it is finished. When you now have millions. You don't have one. You have like 10 in Yenegua, 10 in Portacot, 2 in Dubai, 1 in America. Do not regard iniquity in your heart. So you have to turn from a wicked race. Proverbs 15, 29, please. I need to run. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of what? Of the righteous. Psalm 145 verse 18 quickly so we can wrap this up. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who, to all who call upon him how? In truth. Number 10. Prayer must be prayed in reverence. For God not arrogantly. Prayer must be prayed in reverence for God not arrogantly. You know sometimes we are arrogant. As though your God serves you. You know, sometimes some people pray as talk to God as though he serves them. And they don't talk as though they serve God. I remember somebody, a minister of God was preaching, said, one day God told him, said, today when you go for this meeting, don't ask me for anything, just go. Say, because you're just talking to me as though I'm your house boy. Father, do this one. 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 Have you asked him what he wants you to do? Let me show you something. Give me Psalm 145, 19. And um, next we look at Hebrews 5, 7. And you see something there. It says, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Notice he will fulfill 
The desire of those who fear him. Do you have a respect for God? I learned something today on TV. God has a love language. And his love language is obedience. To obey God is to fear him. God's love language is obedience. Do you really have a reverence for God? In Psalm 112, verse 1, the Bible says, The man who fears the Lord delights greatly in his commandments. See that? He's excited about the word of God. Come back to verse 19 of Psalm 145. It says, He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. You know, you get to a level in God where sometimes your wishes come to pass. You didn't pray it. You just wished it. Let me show you this in Psalm 112 and um, verse 8. Psalm 112 verse 8. It says, his heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire how upon his enemies. Go back to 19. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Now notice this man that has a fear of God in Psalm 112. God fulfills his desire upon his enemies. He will also hear their cry and what? And save them. Hebrews 5 verse 7. And I want you to give it to me in a new KJV. The new KJV. He says, speaking of Jesus, this is Jesus here. He says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries, he was humble. To him was able to save him from death and was heard. Condition? Because of what? Of his godly fear. Jesus had the fear of God. He was heard because of his godly fear. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Sometimes we come to God as though we are the one that has served God the most. Lord, with all I've done for you, I don't know what you are doing for me. What? If God measures what you haven't done, you cannot even stand. All I've done for you, I've given my tithes consistently. What have you done for me? Hey. What if that time God told you to sow a seed, you didn't sow? What other time God told you to forgive someone that you didn't forgive? You see that now? Humble yourself. If you are demanding your, your rights as a tither, but from a humble position like the other person spoke about, Lord, you need your tithe. What about you come and you're talking to God as though, you know, I've been tithing, what have you done for me? Humble yourself because if God judges you like you come legally now, you have no stand. It says, the other day, I asked you to forgive so-and-so. Did you forgive? The other day, I told you to do so-and-so. Did you do it? No, because you want to form that you're, you're, you're more just than God. That's what God did to Job. When God came to Job and finished Job, Job said, I've heard of you by the hearing of your ears. I repent in sackcloth and ashes. So don't, don't come and, and prove to God that, hey, Lord, I've been going to church. Eh? Even Apostle knows I'm the most committed member in the church. Who say you are the most committed member? How do you know you are? How do you measure it? I'm always the first to reach. Who says so? We have staff. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it is so important you come humbly. Jesus was heard because he had godly fear. Jesus didn't say, I have not sinned. I have not. No, he, he prayed to God to him. He was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. I am the name of Jesus. I do thanks. You are chewing gum and praying? Can you chew gum and talk to a governor? That's great disrespect. I'm good, thanks. Oh, my gosh, come on, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I wonder how you go every to pray with I can't do it. Have the fear of God. Have the fear of God. You have gum in your mouth, you put it out. When you're through, find another gum and put it in your mouth. 
he was heard because he feared. He says, let us serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Hebrews 12 verse 28. Next. 11. Make requests that, bring, that will bring glory to God. Don't just be selfish with the way you're praying. There are ways you pray it. Like the young man who was being massaged. He said, Lord, if I can't go to work, you won't get your tithes. See, make requests that gives glory to God. When Joshua was talking to God about the children of Israel, they lost the battle. He was talking to God. God answered quickly. Give me Joshua 7, 6 to 9. Let me show you something there. He said, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Next. Nothing. God didn't do anything. And Judah said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us in the hand of the, the, the Amorites? To destroy us? He didn't see anything. Oh, that we have been content and dwell on the other side of Jordan. He didn't see anything. He's complaining. Next. Oh, oh, Lord, what shall I say? When Israel turns his back before his enemies. See, he's bringing an, a strong reason to God. Next. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then, what would thou do for your great name? Next. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. He had touched his glory. His name and his glory are tied. That's why when you tell God, Father, if you do this thing, I will testify. He does it. Why? Because of his glory. And most of you don't come and testify. You cheated him on his glory. If you deliver me, I swear I will serve you. Ah, I swear. He delivers you, you don't serve him. You cheated him of his glory. See, when you pray, pray prayers that bring glory to God. Father, grow this church, dear Father, for the glory of your name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when this work grows, Father, in by us, men will know you grew it. Yes, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, sponsor the TV station, Father, that men may know, dear Father, you can do your work anywhere in the world. You're praying good prayer to bring glory to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm 38 and I'm not married. And Father, I know it's your will that I should get married. Oh, blessed Father, for the glory of your name. Father, don't let them say you don't answer prayers. They've heard me pray before you. You are bringing his glory into the matter. I just go, God, where will you answer? God. Ah. Oh, Lord, I don't die. Ah. No. No. Bring his glory, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word says you make the barren woman to keep house, to be a joyful mother of children. My dear Father, in the name of Jesus, fulfill your, your word in my life. Father, use my case to inspire other people believing God for children. In the name, you are bringing his glory into it. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I need a job, my Father. Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, many have looked at me and wondered, is this what you get from serving God? But I know it can be better than this. Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the glory of your name, I'm trusting you for a good job. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, you will bless me the job that will make them know that they can serve you. You make them know, dear Father, that serving God is not for nothing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this glory is in that prayer. But this is how we pray. Father, I'm 38. When I won't born, 
Eh? When I want born, eh? Eh? but by now, now my eggs are getting bad. Eh? They are getting bad. Eh, God, oh Malakabasha Kakabalabaha, Father, do something, do something. 2019, your servant, your son has said it's 20, uh, a year of advancement. Advance me, marriage, advance me. Oh God, I want to born quick, oh Father. Now, notice it's all selfish. Father, I need money to marry this woman. I need money to marry. I need to marry Father, I'm a single man. The lady has agreed I have the list. Father, I need to marry. I need to marry my body. They do me one kind. I need to marry. In the name of Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, dear Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be heard. Let it be known that you sponsor weddings. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let what you did in John 2 verse 1 to 11 fulfilled in my life. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let men know you can sponsor a wedding. My dear Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, is it not written in your word that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from you? Father, in the name of Jesus, you cannot deny yourself. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the way you pray. Father, and some people come as they came to quarry. Father, how many years have I been married? Twelve. Twelve years I don't have a child. When will I carry my child? That's not the way to go. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Karadonskira Haris. Did you not say if you serve the Lord your God, you bless your bread and your water? He will take sickness away from the midst of thee. They did not say, dear father, that there shall be no barren in the land. My dear father, let me not be called barren. Because your word is truth in my life. My dear father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, give me a child, dear father, for the glory of your name. That child you want me to raise for the glory of your name. That child you want to do your will, my dear father. Father, I'm available. I'm available for that child. The child, my father, Father, I'm open to the child. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are doing business with God. Father, my rent is due. As though God is in a hurry, my rent is due. Next tomorrow, my landlord will kick me out of this house. I'm saying it now. If they kick me out, it's your name. But you know that who will stay in the house? You. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my rent is due. Father, I will not be cast out of this house. Remember my brethren that comes and sleeps in this house. You have an accommodation where you need people to stay in the house. Are you seeing it? Pray prayers that bring glory to God. Most of us are too selfish in our prayers. That's why they take a long time in being answered. Have you observed... There are most times prayers are answered. When people are like, Lord, if you don't want to give me, if you want to give me, it's up to you. He's answered. At that time, selfishness has died. Father, make me a millionaire. Father, make me a millionaire. This is my uncle that is costing me. Make me a millionaire. And make me a millionaire. Let him be, let him be ashamed. Let him be ashamed. It won't work for you. So it won't work for you. But how do you pray? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word says the blessing of the Lord will make it rich. You said you bless me with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Father, I've been mocked. I've been mocked, dear Father, for serving you. But dear Father, magnify yourself in my life. Let them know, dear Father, you can bless a man in a bigger way than they could get by their courtism. Are you seeing it now? No, shame them, Father. Shame them. That's my wicked uncle. Yes, Father, me, me, give me fine cars, fine cars. When I come out, Father, they, 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 Father, Father, punish themselves, punish them. You know? <laughs> Are you learning how to pray? See, when you, you pray God's glory, you, your prayers will be answered. Your prayers will be, look, look at our TV station. The Lord told me about a TV station in 1996 or thereabout. 
And I began to brood upon it until last year. And he said, start a TV station to follow the fatherless in the body of Christ. Because I began to have a concern, the knowledge we have. How do we spread it quickly? The TV was the answer. So now we are on TV. And like you heard, in less than a year, it is the second most watched TV station on the ViewSat platform. Why is it moving that fast? Because God's glory is tied to it. God's glory is tied to it. Our video man there, when he talks to those who control it in the UK, there's a relationship they have. There's a relationship. How, how they, they love us. They love him. Why? God's glory is tied to it. I could have said, Father, other people have television. We need to have television. Some people have university. We need to have university. We might have school. Who give me school? In the name of Jesus. Uh, charismatic international school. In the name of Jesus. Father, we need school. No. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust you. I know you have a dream for education. Whatever your dream is, Father, I'm available. Let that dream for quality education be born through us in this part of the world. What will happen? He'll give you a school. That's why many of your dreams are not coming to pass because you want the dreams for your glory. You can pray like this music people. Don't be able to get maybe popular. Forget it. Father, give me your songs. Give me the songs that move your heart. And give me the platform, dear Father, to draw men to you. Father, you deserve to be heard. Let your song fill the earth through my voice. Now, do you know what happens? Your album will be going around the world. See, because his glory is tied to it. You are an actor. You want to go into the movie industry. You tell the Lord, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you gave me this gift. Yes, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give me platforms, dear Father, to display the gift, dear Father. And whenever you give me, Father, I will tell the world you gave me this opportunity. There's a lady right now who is becoming the most expensive actor in the world. And there's something she said when she received that award. She said, I'm here to tell you I'm a child of God. God did this for me. Why? She had God's glory side. Now she's becoming the most expensive actor and she's a black person. Most of you have not tied God's glory to your life. You are so selfish. The, the prosperity you're asking for is for yourself. The car you're asking for is for you. are so selfish in your house. Father, I need three-bedroom apartment. One for my wife. One for me. One for our child. Then, no place for guests. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for a three-bedroom apartment for me and my family. And when, Father, you have someone who needs a place to stay, there's a place available. You give you a house. Tie God's glory into your prayer. Tie God's glory into your prayer. Tie God's glory into your prayer. Tie God's glory into your dream. You start bringing it to pass. Yes, I will do that. Tie it. Lastly, prayer and praise should go together. That's why if you notice tonight, we have been praising God. In 2 Corinthians 20, 20, God heard them. What's the next thing they did? They began praising. They began praising. In Acts, 20, in Acts 16 from verse 25. Acts 16 from verse 25. But Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now give it to me, the old King James. The pr Paul and Silas, quickly, quickly. But, but I mean that Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. Next. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bounds was lo were, were loose. Next. But, but the keeper, let's leave the keeper alone. So I just want to show you this. That now we're going to present our request to God. Thank you for listening to this message. 
as we preach the full message of this new life. Our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's Word and His Spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the Word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wally Fessor, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Birubulu, Yenegua, Bayosu State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003 382-7072 or 005-120-4708. God bless you.